This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass with Jay White and Sam Wells. Got a show idea? Email us. Sports at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Good Thursday morning to you. Well, we got a lot to dig into today. We're going to talk a bunch of sports, and then we'll have one interview toward the end of the show. And um, it's a little bit outside of the box, but it is uh, football. I'm, I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, it's a football in the summertime, so I'm sure a lot of people will be happy. We have soccer all over the place, and then the Canadian Football League will start, and then <laughs> college football will start later, and then the NFL will start. So yep. we have a couple of different balls rolling around, uh, going to be rolling off here, ready to get ready to get this summer going. Yeah, so uh, I guess it's about two months until high school football season starts, mm-hmm. and I guess some teams are going to play. I think the first the the date of the first games is like August sixteenth or something like that, and I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness, when does why? school start? I'm not sure. I mean, not only is it going to be hot, but that's really early. Yeah, it's. I think it's a week earlier than before, and you know they did away with the seven for a while. They they staggered the early kickoffs back to seven thirty uh, to try to stem for the heat. But then I, I think everybody realized even after the sun goes down, it's still ninety. Yeah. In August, yeah. <laughs> so there's not much point to it. My, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that those games are going to be really. I don't know. I don't know if one week really makes a huge difference, but man, those games are going to be hot. Yeah, my, those guys uh, and all that equipment. That's the thing, man. Yeah. Man, I was... Uh, Trudging wife, around on all that equipment on August 16th. My wife and I 16th. are running the uh, the Tomato Festival 5K. We're going to have... Uh, we're gonna have oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Casey Kitchens from the Tomato Festival on Next Stop Mississippi tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So Excellent. tune in to Next Stop tomorrow. But uh, we were running last night, kind of a little practice 5K or whatever. Man... It was like I got hit with a water balloon after that uh, <laughs> running that thing, and I wasn't even running that hard. Right, and it was unbelievable. Humidity, hundred percent, eighty five. It was like eight thirty. Yep. I mean, that's get, it. Forget it, Mississippi, the unforgiving heat. Yeah, that tomato festival. Good timing this year. Yeah, it's uh, be hot. for the for the folks in in Crystal Springs, they need uh, some good news in that area. Yeah. The, so. Uh, um, Race at 7 a.m. It's still going to be 100 degrees. <laughs> it will be. It will be extremely hot at 7 a.m. Is that the most off-putting? Is is like when you're sweating, when you sweat through your clothes, and it's like six six thirty seven yeah. in the morning. You're like getting a paper, checking the mail, whatever. <laughs> you're like, this is entirely too early to be totally sweating. Yeah, it's like a, you, you're running those five Ks or whatever in the morning for these old festivals. It's like you're a boxer, getting like your pre-sweat on. And you're not even doing anything. All right, who do we have coming up today? Uh, Belton Johnson will be on the show towards the end of this program about 1040. Uh, Belton was a lineman with his brother Marcus at Ole Miss and uh, then uh, played a couple years in the NFL and then made a pretty good living for himself up in the CFLJ. Now he is the uh, is a uh, co-host and uh, an analyst for the Green Zone on uh, Canadian radio station start with a C. And I can't remember 
the call numbers because I had it in my mind. I had it typed out, and then of course I came in here to do my work and forgot my paper. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, he uh, does some analyst uh, work for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, where he played the majority of his career, and then ended uh, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who played tonight to kick off the CFL season against the Toronto Argonauts. And the reason we're having Belton on Jay is because a lot of folks know the Tie Cats. Yes, yeah, they start the season. Their head coach is Kent Austin, who was a quarterback at Ole Miss and an offensive coordinator under Houston Nutt back in the, the mid-2000s. And his backup quarterback, who will get a good bit of playing time because of the offense he runs, a one Jeremiah Masoli. There you go. And one of the more sought-after uh, free agents. You know, Canadian football, and Belton can speak to this a little bit more, but the league, is fasc- the league fascinates me, which is one of the reasons I was trying to get him on the show. Uh, if you have any Canadian... Um, citizenship uh, like if you are a canadian citizen but you know you uh and you come up there to play you're very sought after because they have a quota of how many canadians actually have to That's be right. on the team so yep. ted Laurent is a lineman from old miss who was very very good in college and he is one of the more sought after free agents up there because he's a great line he's a great defensive ta- defensive tackle and he's canadian so, so they kind of check two boxes there with being able to get uh, their true. quota filled with a really good player. So uh, he was a huge free agent signing, I think, by the Ticats this summer. So we'll talk to Belton about that, too. I remember when the CFL uh, was exploding in popularity a little bit, or I don't know if it was exploding in popularity. Or... It was definitely exploding with teams. They moved yeah. a bunch of teams down here. Yeah, they, they um, like the NHL, uh, they, they wanted to move south. And uh, I think there was a team in, Sh- in Shreveport. Yeah, it was and one they in were, San Antonio too. They were trying to put a team in Jackson, and it just didn't work out. As mm-hmm. teams, as uh, minor league sports in Jackson often does not. But um, I think the the issue was that the the floor of Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, among other things, that helped it not work out. But the floor is not big enough. Yeah, fields. The stands are too close to the field. The field Who is knew? wider, and it's very long. The yeah. end zone is twenty yards long. Yeah, and there's a and the field, field is one hundred and ten yards long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's all kinds of quirky rules that are fun to watch. The game, uh, the the kickoff to the season. By the way, a lot of people are like, "Why are you guys talking about this? We can't even watch it here." That's not true. The game, <laughs> the kickoff to the season is tonight, and I believe the game tonight is on ESPN two. Really, six thirty. I think so. I'm going to double check the schedule before we get out of here and make wow, sure that we ESPN put out two. correct. Uh, correct information but uh that's definitely the case and you can watch the whole season online now that's so if, all right if that's your jam yeah. if you love uh getting a head start at the line of some live football yeah from here in until, the summer here until uh august uh you know whatever that's your that's your deal right there all right so florida got put out in the college roll series they went zero and two they yeah. tied for seventh with miami and uh the bloodbath that was the uh ncaa tournament for the sec yeah officially ended um, Ooh, boy, man. for such a uh, for such a star-studded regular season, the top half of the SEC gave its fans, not even the top half, probably like the top three-fifths of the SEC. Yeah, uh, had four national seeds, could have easily been six. What I think, what, five hosted. It could have been easily more. Could have been seven. Oh, seven, host, seven, seven hosted. Seven hosted. It could have been more. Getting in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the super regionals were, I guess, would would probably be the most. Um. Well, no. Yeah, Ole Miss went two and out. And Vandy went two and out, and they were both ones hosting. So, yeah. no, that sucks. But uh, <laughs> it was all bad. The, the super regionals. Uh, the the league went one and four, and all of those were at home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, then they go zero oh and two in the SEC. So or the CWS, you mean? 
the uh, yeah, the CWS, not the SEC. So let me ask you, Sam. You've been saying all year the SEC seemed top heavy, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking to myself, man, what are you talking about? So it, I mean, you may ultimately you may have had a point because the SEC and the ACC both did not fare well in the tournament, and those two leagues dominated the national seeds, the hosts, mm-hmm. and the RPI rankings. And here's what I I, I think you know where. The SEC has this issue where they they can't seem to get over the hump in basketball with their mm-hmm. RPI rankings. Yeah. I think it's the total opposite in baseball. I think you could um I think these SEC teams because of how well they play in the league. I I mean State at Ole Miss and all these I mean they could go I mean they could schedule Millsaps and Blue Mountain and and William <laughs> Carey and their RPI would still be totally fine. I think it, the 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 way their conference schedule works, it almost negates if you schedule badly in the non-conference. And I think it it feeds into itself. And it's like this. Yeah. Uh, you think it's a good cycle, but it, I think it turned out to hurt a bunch of SEC schools this I year. I don't necessarily think. And uh, I'll we'll we'll hit with, we'll hit you in the next segment. I will hit you with some quick uh, hitter questions about what people or what you think. Uh, the three teams, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss, could do better uh, as far as postseason play goes. Of course, Jackson State, Alcorn State, Mississippi Valley State also play uh, Division One college baseball. So what they could do better is make it uh, to the postseason. That would be great. Well, you know, um, the thing is, right now, Jackson State's problem is, is they got uh, yeah. that, that coach from Bethune-Cookman is, uh, took is, the job at Alabama State. Yeah, is recruiting very well. And um, um, it took him two years and they were undefeated in the league this year. They yeah. did not lose a conference game. They swept through the tournament and regular season. Yeah. But as far as the SEC goes, I think you have to look at it by a case-by-case basis as far as the the postseason play goes. Mississippi State played very well in their regional. Vandy, um, you know, you give Vanderbilt a little bit of a, a mulligan there with the, the, the freshman pitcher who drowned literally the day before they were supposed to play. Yeah. I don't think their mounds were in it whatsoever. It appeared to be that way. I mean, Xavier beat them, what, 15-1 to 1 or something like that? Yeah, the and, then they, and then it was like weather pushed the games back, yeah. so they had to just sit there so for like a day and a half. All that stuff. It was um, weird, yeah. LSU, uh, you know, went through their regional uh, fine. Really, everybody except, like you said, Ole Miss and Vandy uh, did in the other thing. Ole Miss... You just got to say Ole Miss just wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough for Ole Miss this year as far as the regional play goes. Uh, I think their bullpen got tired, but if you want to really – but there's really no – I think excuse. that's it. There's really no excuse for going 0-2 at home, though. I mean, I, you know, and that's just kind of how it is. I think if you ask Coach Bianco, uh, he would tell you the same thing. It just wasn't good enough. We didn't perform like we should have when the lights were on. Um, as far as the Super Regionals go, you know, I think that you may could uh, – say that some of these teams caught lightning in a bottle on the super regional deal but uh i don't think so um i think arizona won their way out of lafayette came to starkville lafayette's a tough place to play they got an incredible pitching performance on the friday night game that you saw in person yeah uh and then for lack of a better word mississippi state's pitching collapsed on uh on saturday afternoon uh, now arizona took advantage of it for sure um but uh boy that bullpen that was really dependable for mississippi state uh Kind of gave up the ghost there at the uh, the end of the game, and I, I think if you ask John Cohen, he'd tell you the same thing too. Well, the um, Dahlback kid pitch game one, yeah. uh, who was drafted in the third round as a third baseman by the yeah. Red Sox. By the way, he had a home run in the second game. Of the yeah, of the well, I mean he started uh, he started the game that they lost in the winners bracket of the College World Series, and I uh, see he pitched eight innings and gave up one run on five hits, struck yeah. out twelve. Yeah. And just lost. They they lost the game one to nothing. Yeah, I mean it was basically the 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 reverse 
of what of, he did to of State. what his result was against Mississippi State, a game Arizona won one yeah. to nothing. So obviously that guy's on a roll right now. Yeah, but. and then their their bullpen pitcher who came in and struck out Mangum at the end of the ball game. I mean, you watch a lot of baseball. That was Mang- that, that was dirty. Yeah, I mean the the guy was was on fire, and you got to tip your cap to a team sometimes. And I think Mississippi State just has to do that. Arizona came in the, in there uh, a little hotter, uh, a little more hungry, uh, I think than uh, than State. Uh, and, well, um, I don't know. I don't know that they were. I don't know that they were hungrier. Well, here's what I think. Mississippi State is a team that we every can't time give it away now, huh? We'll get, so we don't want to give too much away now. We'll have to. We'll definitely get in depth. Well, with I mean, State I know we're going to talk year. about their. They've had to replace you know both of their main coaches under Cohen already in this yeah. offseason, which is it's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing, I think. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing about that game with Mississippi State is they had three opportunities in that game. Mississippi State is, go, is so good offensively. This team was this year at working counts and making and not going after bad pitches and making pitchers earn outs. And in that game, they had Dahlbeck on the ropes three different times with with multiple runners on and worked to a 3-1 count. And all three times, the the Mississippi State hitter missed the pitch they got. And that's just uncharacteristic. And and to me, it, it says a little bit about, you know, how good Dahlbeck must have looked in that game. Yeah. Because they just, they squared one ball up all night. Yeah. I mean, they hit one double down in the corner, uh, down in the left field corner. That's the only ball they squared up all night. I mean, they hit some, they hit a couple of ground balls pretty hard, uh, one or two in the ninth inning. But outside of that, I mean, they squared up one ball. I mean, that's how deceptive he was or how hard he was to pick up one way or the other. Uh, but usually when they get you in situations like that, that's when Mississippi State was really good this year. They would cash in on opportunities. Runners on, the pressure's on the pitcher. He falls behind in the count 3-1. Now I got to... Not only are there runners everywhere, and there's a good hitter at the plate, but I'm down three one in the count, and I can't afford to put more people on, and I got to come to you with a strike right here. And he knows it, and I know it, and everybody in the park knows it, and the guy's gonna, you know, hit it a ton somewhere. And they had three opportunities to do that in a, in what in a game they lost one to nothing, and they missed on all three of those opportunities, and that was extremely uncharacteristic of that Mississippi State team. Yeah, for sure. And then the second game, like I said, I, I was at that one, and you know, Arizona just. Arizona just came back. It was a monumental comeback. It was very impressive, and uh, you got to you know you got to tip your cap to them for what they did. If you want to go to the other teams in the SEC, you know Florida took care of business against Florida State. It's always going to be tough with the re- with the rivalry uh, with a rivalry matchup. But I think Florida, um, I don't want to say underachieved, but they kind of underachieved a little bit. I mean, they didn't even win the Eastern Division. Uh, they uh, went zero and two in the College World Series again. I mean, they didn't do very well last year either. So I mean, it's just kind of like. <laughs> What are we? What are we doing here? I mean, they can keep all these number one picks in uh, there when they get recruits uh, and things like that, but they never really make hay with them when they have them there. We're running out of time in this segment, so I'll be quick about this. South Carolina just wasn't as good as everybody thought that they were. I don't think. I think uh, they had an impressive weekend against Ole Miss. Uh, they held serve pretty much against Vanderbilt and Florida, and the SEC Eastern Division was uh, overall really bad with Tennessee and Missouri and Kentucky. And uh, <laughs> depart just de- other than their hot start at the beginning, uh, you know, with Kentucky, but uh, and Georgia. I mean, those teams were all woefully bad. And South Carolina won, I think, eleven of the twelve games against those teams. So, you know, that's your record's a little bit inflated with that, and that goes back to you being say, top heavy. Yeah, you can say the same thing for Vanderbilt and right then, there. Yeah, and then of course uh, LSU. Um, you know, this was not a very good LSU team. I think they got hot after the the possum was seen on the field. They played very well for a while, and then uh, Coastal Carolina. I think that's well, a case where Coastal Carolina may have wanted it a little bit more than LSU did because I think LSU uh, forever has been able to host Super Regionals, roll their helmets and bats out there, and just walks through the thing. And uh, Coastal hit him in the mouth the first game with a bunch of home runs. 
And uh, the second game, LSU had a shot to blow that thing open three or four times and just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, that's a good point. And, and in that case, I think you may have a point in that Coastal just wanted it more than LSU. And that's not to say that LSU didn't want it or wasn't striving for it. But Coastal has come um, – uh, they've come direly close to the World Series a handful of times to be turned away. They've had some teams that were easily good enough to make it, like this year's team. Uh, and they are one of those uh, diamond-in-the-rough programs that are kind of under the radar, but they're very, very good. They're oh, yeah. very, very good. They're like a, I mean, they're almost at this point, um, they are kind of in a position where they're like a Cal State Fullerton of the Atlantic Coast. I can't. Not totally a good comparison because Fullerton has like four national titles and <laughs> and the Chanticleers just made their first College World Series. But um, in terms of being in a smaller conference and being able to succeed in spite of that, uh, Coastal Carolina, a good comp there. But um, And as far as the SEC goes, we only have like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's college baseball. I mean, a freshman catcher hit a home run, hit a grand slam to beat to knock Louisville out of the, out of the uh, tournament. That was amazing. You got to bring your you got to bring it every pitch in, in the postseason. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was another one. Louisville got shocked by uh, the third-place Big West team in Cal Santa Barbara. It was a cr- it's been a crazy NCAA tournament. We'll take a break. We'll be back. More season pass after this timeout. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass with Jay White and Sam Wells. The Rebels are headed to Omaha. The drought is over. A grand slam for Masters. A grand slam for Masters. Say it, Miss. Finds the Pete Taylor Park Magic. Got a show idea? Email us. Sports at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. We're talking about, in that little intro right there, Omaha. Back in Omaha. Ain't nobody from Mississippi in Omaha no. this year. I mean, uh, Omaha was very, uh, I mean, I got, I, those schools were all awesome. And, 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 and what a run by them all to get that far. But, man, they really missed out on some big-time tailgating with LSU and State, with Ole Miss, with uh, Florida State, Clemson. A lot of big-time programs. Oof. South Carolina, yeah. South Carolina, nothing. That's so, true. A lot of interesting uh, new faces and, uh, and teams there. But an old an old face, Jay. An old-timey <laughs> face. It hadn't been there in a long time. Oklahoma State. That's right. Doing real well in that tournament. I couldn't Hasn't believe it lost was, a game yet. I couldn't believe it was the first round. It was the first win in the College World Series for them since, what did they say, 1999, 97? Yeah. Something like that. With like uh, I, I mean, crazy. I bet Robin Ventura is in that White Sox dugout watching. Uh, he's been watching these games and, and really. Man, they had some guys back in the day, uh, back before there was uh, regulation on the bats and how many games you play and stuff like that. Uh, Robin Ventura, I think he had a fifty-nine game hitting streak. Oh yeah, he carried from one year over into another. Uh, and then um, 
you know, and he almost got to the end of their World Series run in his last year, which would have been remarkable if he could have left college with an active uh, hitting streak. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, kept going right to the end. Yeah, I think he lost it in the game before they got eliminated or the game they got eliminated. Pete Incavilia, one year, I think he had 48 home runs. Yeah, in a Pete Incavilia. I was trying to remember if it was him or was it Steve Bedrosian. <laughs> but those guys looked the same to me. Incavilia, man, he had 48 home runs in a single year. And then I think they had uh, Odeby McDowell, yeah. uh, who was uh, wound up being a Rangers and Braves center fielder for a while. That's uh, uh, it was a number one pick. So an old, an old Tammy, an old Tammy team that hadn't been there in a while. Yeah, got got back undefeated in the uh, postseason. All the national and they went in every game like one to nothing, three to two, two to one. Well, All the they games won, were low score. They won two games against Clemson that were like <laughs> twenty to one. Well, that regional was crazy. <laughs> and like and Clemson, who I seven. I picked Clemson to go to the World Series. And in that regional, I think they gave up 29 runs in four games or something like they three were, games. They were blasted yeah. by, uh, by Oklahoma State. The Cowboys came in there and just whooped Clemson. And uh, it's pretty impressive. It's, uh, I guess if i got to pick a team, I guess I'm going to pull for them the rest of the way because it's kind of like an old friend that used to be there a pretty good bit. It'd be like if, uh, if Wichita State got back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, they have a baseball team that was pretty good <laughs> and the two-toned hats. Okay, so. We heard the thing, like you said, uh, Omaha, you know, State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, making it to uh, to Omaha, uh, you know, in the last 10 years. So we'll start, I guess, with Southern Miss, Jay. What does this program need to do to get itself over the hump to host a regional and to give themselves a better opportunity to move forward in the NCAA tournament? Now, they were ahead by six runs against South Alabama <laughs> and then kind of folded a little bit. But uh, Yeah, you know, they, they were winning that game, and then you had a two-hour rain delay. And uh, it's like it flipped a switch off for yeah. Southern Miss, and it switched it on for South Alabama. That was weird. Mm-hmm. That was weird. And I to go I, I into mean, Dick Hauser Stadium and win a series, too. Well, I mean, and regardless, if they were going to get back, I mean, even if they won that game, they were going to have to beat Florida State twice, which would have been a tough task. Number one, to host, Southern Miss has to not be in Conference USA. I mean, I, I mean if you're a Southern Miss fan, and now with the TV deal that they worked out, you know, with uh, being sport, yeah, it's like being sport, um, and I don't know who else. A lavish uh, South American soccer channel, yeah. <laughs> Public TV eight in Aurora. I mean, I don't know. It's they're getting, I think, three hundred, two or three hundred thousand a year in their payout, and previously it was a million a year. Now, I think part of this stuff is inevitable. It was going to happen because the the divide between the Power Fives and the non-Power Fives is going to grow. Uh, you know, because when this Conference USA, thing, Conference USA thing came out, everybody was like, oh, here we go. All these networks have overpaid for the TV contracts, and now it's going to regress. You know, uh, we're going to have some market correction here. Well, no, you're going to have market correction for leagues. I'm sorry, and, and no offense, but you're going to have market regression for leagues that don't matter. But, I mean, just a, what we had a, a, a week a week later, the uh, Big Ten contract came out, which is split between ESPN and yeah. CBS. Uh, CBS has some basketball parts yeah. of it, but it's uh, uh, ESPN and a Fox, I think, or somebody. I can't remember yeah, who the other big network it's, uh, is. It's Fox, and it's uh, and, and they have their own network too through Fox. And it's that deal is bigger than their than their leagues television deal has ever been it escalated just like all of the big conference contracts have 
elevated over the last few years. Southern Miss, man, I, look, I, I've I've jumped on this soapbox before. Uh, you know, those two teams Donnie Tindall had, one of their RPIs was in the 20s. They got skipped. One was in the low 30s. They got skipped. Uh, uh, Joy Lee McNillis has had a couple of teams, I believe, maybe like the two highest RPI teams ever to not get picked in the tournament. Uh, last year, last season, Southern Miss had an RPI in the 30s. They were easily good enough to make it. They were the hottest, arguably the hottest team in the country going into the tournament. I believe they were on like a 14, 13, 14 game winning streak. Yeah. Got skipped. Had a hot pitcher too. I don't know how much more the NCAA needs to tell you that Conference USA don't mean a dang to them. Before, I mean, look, Southern Miss would be better as an independent. You're on, you're on fire right now. I, was, I thought I was going to push the button. Southern Miss would be better as an independent. Yeah, I'm telling so. you the truth. They probably you, would. You wouldn't have to travel to Huntington, West Virginia, and El Paso, Texas. To play baseball series, especially. And things to, like yeah, that. to play a road series in these sports. You wouldn't have to go well, to Miami 700 times a year to play F whichever you you're playing You know, this week. Well, be that as it may. We understand the Conference USA problem. they so got to get out of that league. That league how, is a brick, and they're drowning slowly. There's that, a, oh, a Ben Folds there's 5 a ben reference, Folds reference for you right there. It's a came depressing out. song, too. <laughs> it's a depressing league they play in. So anyway, well, let's let's uh, let's expand it then to say... Uh, All right, I'm sorry. Next, you were asking about baseball, well, right? Well, yeah. So let's say, like, uh, pitching, I guess, uh, needs to improve. That's for the thing. Miss. Well, not necessarily... Well, a deeper yes, staff needs but to that's, happen. That's the thing. You hit on it right there. They need a deeper staff. Um, because they I can hit they with thought, anyone in the country this year. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, they they hit toe-to-toe with almost anybody in spite of losing the National Player of the Year for the month of February. He had 10 home runs about 20 games into the season. Um, they need to somehow or another, and their bullpen is always usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. They always have like a, a, Superstar a closer. an amazing closer. They just need a deeper they need to de- find a way to develop deeper rotation. Uh, and I think they thought they had it this year um, with McCarty and Cockrell. Uh, and then Cockrell got the, the injury and the way they treated it. I don't I don't know. Um, it was strange. It was like, you remember, he was shelved yeah. indefinitely and yeah. then indefinitely turned into like 10 days. Yeah. It was the exact and definitely it does of, not mean he's going to be back in ten days. And he started a couple of day started a couple of games that were both really short starts, uh, and then they they started him in that Florida State game, and they were hoping to get fifty pitches out of him. And I'm like, look, if you're hoping to get fifty pitches out of the guy, pitch him at the end. Yeah, bring him in if you've got time at the sense. end. It was like the exact opposite of the of the uh, Scott Biddle situation with Ole Miss, where they just basically were like, yeah, he's coming back. When he's coming back. Right. He never came back. <laughs> he never came back. Yeah. So, uh, well, that, that that's uh, that's interesting, I guess. Uh, Scott Barry's going to have to get after it on the recruiting trail, maybe uh, lure some of these good pitchers from uh, some of these schools that uh, just had an excellent uh, excellent season and, and made it all the way to the MHSAA uh, state championship tournament here in uh, in the uh, Jackson Metro yeah. area at Trustmark Park. And McCarty, by the way, uh, tore it up in his first start in the Cape Cod League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget I the name of the team he plays day. for, but he threw, he threw five innings of uh, – shut out baseball and got a win in his first game. Yeah, and that's a good league to be into because that really helped oh, yeah. out Mississippi State's pitchers too. We'll get back to Mississippi State in a second. We'll go to Ole Miss here. You know, what does Ole Miss have to do, Jay, to get over the hump? I mean, this is kind of a 16-year <laughs> question that people have been asking anyway. Uh, but I think a lot of help's coming uh, for the Rebels next year. Big recruiting class. Uh, many of them were drafted after uh, – 
the uh, the, the day the round that they would have uh, left. Ole Miss is going to be without Brady Bramlett, who decided to say no to the Red Sox and no to the Rebels, and will come back to school to earn his degree and be done with baseball altogether, which is a sad uh, right. a sad deal for for uh, for him and for the Ole Miss program. And I'm sure the Red Sox were like, I sure wish you'd have told us that <laughs> June the eighth. Yeah, you know, um, but. Uh, uh, what do you do? And then I think Chad Smith will probably end up signing because he was drafted in the tenth round. Ole Miss will be without their shortstop from a season ago, Errol Robinson, who will probably ninety nine percent sure go pro. I mean, he tweeted that this was the last game of his Ole Miss career after the Tulane loss. And then of course JB Woodman is already, uh, I think he's signed and is already heading to wherever he's going to play um, with the Blue Jays. So uh, it'll be an interesting uh, year for Ole Miss, but they got a lot of talent coming in, Jay. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, you know, I I am going to trust Bianco because I think, look, you got to the, the fact that this team uh, hosted, won 20 SEC games this year, if you include the tournament, and they won 40, 43 yeah. games for the season. Ultimately, if you look at the pitching that they had, I, that's you look at their rotation. I think it's remarkable. Yeah. I that mean, that he and that's this is it's no offense to the players at all. Um it's a credit to the players and the coaching staff. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a forty win baseball team. Yeah. You know, to be dead honest agree. with you. I would agree. I would, and they were in the running for the West Division title the up to the last week, weekend. Weekend of the season. Uh and then they went to the tournament won three games right off the bat. And they had um, him beat in the eighth inning. We're ahead by three runs in the eighth. Yeah. Uh, I think you have hit the nail on the head with them. They had to lead because their biggest weakness was their rotation. Um, like you, I think they had to lean so heavily on the three main uh, guys in their bullpen this year. By the time they got to the end of the season, those those guys just hit the wall. Yeah, Feigl. And it's unfortunate because, you know. It, short. It, wide it, short. There, there are going to be a lot of fans that have, you know, that not paid as close attention to it, and then they watch all those games at the end, and they're like, "Oh, and these guys are terrible. What's going on? Why, are they, why are these guys throwing?" Come on, bro. Right, and that's, <laughs> it's totally, that's a total, totally bad rap on those guys because they were amazing through the yeah. season. They had the best, arguably the best bullpen in the country. Um, I, I would venture to say this is the best bullpen Ole Miss has ever had. Yeah, ever. And uh, what, uh, what is so alarmingly uh, unfortunate? is that basically all three of them got their own showcase uh, to be able to basically fall apart at the end of the season. Wyatt Short pitched the game against Texas A&M in the tournament where basically he just gave up the ghost there and they lost the baseball game uh, and were bounced out of the tournament. Uh, the first game of the regional against Utah, uh, Feigl came in. He was left out there basically in the misty rain and uh, was just touched up by the Utah uh, bats. Uh, a bad slip from their all-American center fielder didn't help anything either. And then, uh, of course, Will Stokes came in to close out the Tulane game and gave up uh, two home runs to Tulane. One of them was a foul ball. And then uh, a pitch later was straightened out. <laughs> two yeah. home runs. So, unfortunate, but I think they've got some help on the way. And uh, if Ole Miss can't really put this thing together uh, with the talent that Oxford High School and uh, the the recruiting coordinator, Carl Lafferty, sending their way this season and the next couple of years, I don't know when they're ever going to really do it because there's some superstars coming in there from uh, from that Oxford uh, Oxford team with some pedigree too, with Kessinger and then uh, uh, I cannot remember the kid's name who hit two home runs at Trustmark Park. That's pretty amazing. I haven't seen two home runs at Trustmark Park like in five <laughs> years. 
<laughs> and that's watching pro and college baseball. I think yeah. the last one I saw was a Southern Miss kid from Clinton walking off Ole Miss in like 2010. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a it's been a while. And now we move to Mississippi State. I think a team that's not really far off, Jay. I think they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw with Arizona at home. Uh, they'll be losing their pitching coach to, I believe, Arkansas, Dave Van Horn. That, ah, how dare he? Right. Auburn took the Butch Jones last year. And then, of course, uh, Arkansas robs uh, John Cohen of uh, one of his biggest assets for the season this year. And then, of course, uh, their third base coach heading to Kentucky. So what does State have to add to this team uh, besides two coaches uh, to get themselves back to where they were uh, this season? And that's not so much winning 21 games in the SEC, but at least hosting a regional and having a shot at a Super. Well, I, you know, th- next year is going to be interesting for Mississippi State. Uh, and I think a lot of people thought this year was kind of a, a college World Series slash, you know, run for a championship or bust kind of season. And, and losing, you know, 0-2 at home, in the Super Regional is is kind of a bust. I mean, it was a, it's a disappointing finish. Very hard for losses. a really good team. Now the thing is, I mean, they're essentially they got to replace their rotation, uh, and a guy uh, who was off everybody's radar, uh, Zach Houston. Uh, obviously, they've been working with him and had confidence to come with him in the conference tournament. And a guy that pitched two great games. Uh, I mean, I, and I don't know the status of. I mean, I know he got drafted. I don't know if he signed or not, but. Um, I'm not sure. Guys I would. Have I would July imagine. To sign. Yeah, I would imagine that. Um, well, I, I don't know. I would guess he would be the ace if he came back. Uh, I would think be the so. Friday night guy next year. The last uh, two games he pitched for state were unbelievable. Yeah, but I don't know if at the same time, I don't know if risking another year. You know, if he has a pedestrian a year next year, I don't know if his draft status could be higher than it is right now. You know, because. Uh, he's a guy pitched what four and two thirds innings during the SEC season, and he comes out and blasts through Alabama in the SEC tournament, and he throws another great game in the regionals. Um, the interesting thing is um, they they hired Gary Henderson to be the pitching coach. Uh, Gary was oh, yeah, uh, old Kentucky. Yeah, he's the guy that was the the head coach of Kentucky up until the end of the season. He resigned. Uh, but uh, Gary Henderson, uh, while he was not the greatest head coach in the world record-wise at Kentucky, although he did uh, have a couple of really good seasons there, um, he's got great uh, credentials in terms of being a pitching coach. I don't know about recruiting, and we'll see. A lot of he's done a, he, a, most of the stuff that he's done. I say most of it. Uh, a majority of his resume is on the West Coast. So from a recruiting standpoint, that will be interesting to see how that plays. Um, But he's not the recruiting coordinator. He's the pitching coach. And uh, his main thing is going to be the pitching. So I'm excited to see. You you look at the statistics this year. Kentucky had one of the best pitching staffs in the ERA, uh, in in the league in terms of earned run average, despite playing in what everybody calls essentially a bandbox. Uh, their stadium in Lexington, yeah. um, and that's that's a that's a credit to him. To speak uh, to him and to anyone that coaches at Kentucky, that stadium is. Uh, <laughs> we're in a public radio state. It is not good. It is a right. not good stadium. <laughs> right. High school teams in Mississippi have better stadiums than Kentucky. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think Gary Henderson is a. I think it's a big time hire for Mississippi State. I mean, it's a it's a big time position. Um, Does Mississippi State do Mississippi State and the University of Kentucky have some sort of baseball deal where it's like 
All right, Cohen's going to come down here, and then Henderson's going to stay, and then Henderson's going to come down here, and uh, their third baseman, <laughs> third base coach, is going to go up there too. I mean, it's like they have a they have a deal. Yeah, they have a a, a coach exchange. Yeah, basically is. going on. It is a baseball coaches exchange. Yeah, I don't know, but that's that's a good point. But uh, I think that's that's interesting, and I'm I I'm very intrigued to see what uh, what uh, uh, Nick uh, Mangione can do up there in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the more fiery uh, assistant coaches, and uh, he has uh, he really gets into the signals. He's yeah, really all into the signals. Dave Neal was talking about that for about three innings during the SEC tournament. <laughs> I think uh, when in, during their game against Alabama, there was nothing really to talk about. Zach Houston was striking everybody out, right? And it was already four to one to, or four to nothing, so there was nothing else for for uh, Dave to discuss, and there was no other Dave for him to speak with, right? While he was uh, while he was up there. So I mean, for next season, uh, we'll close the book on this, and then we'll get to Belton Johnson here in the next uh, in the next segment uh, to talk some CFL football and Mississippians who are up there making a name for themselves in Canada. Uh, but uh, do you see another season that like we saw this year, Jay? Next year, I mean, it was a pretty banner year for all three of the big teams, and uh, maybe we can uh, have uh, Alcorn State or or Jackson State uh, kind of pull it together for uh, for the SWAC teams as well. Uh, well, I think Jackson State will be in the running. For the swag title, I think they will. They'll they'll be in the running every year uh, because of Omar Johnson. He's just he's too good of a coach versus uh, most of the guys in the rest of that league. Of course, and he's facilities got, to work with too. He's got yeah. one of the better ones in the league. It's a great state. He really is nice, uh, Bob Brady Field over there at JSU. Uh, so I mean, I think they won thirty six games this year. I mean, the thing the thing that always trips them up is the is the swag tournament, yeah. which is always. It's always kind of a crapshoot, and and they're another one at the SWAC. Uh, dog on it. They're another one of those leagues that never protects their top seeds in any kind of tournament. I don't understand why. It's neither here nor there, I guess. But um, they'll be good again next year. But to think that Southern Miss, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss can all get to 40 win seasons again next year in the same year. That's happened twice. It happened in 2005, <laughs> uh, and it happened this season. To think that all all three of those teams could get to 40 um, I don't know. I think that that's a tall task, especially with the rebuilding um, that both all three. I mean, Southern Miss is going to have to you know replace yeah. at least two starting pitchers. Mississippi State, I think, is going to have to replace their entire rotation. Uh, and and you mentioned uh, Ole Miss had a lot of. Sean um, Johnson and James MacArthur will be back. They pitched on Sunday and Saturday both, so uh, Ole yeah. Miss will be able to sort of uh, start with something. Sean Johnson's also like six seven, yeah, and so uh, he, and he was coming off Tommy John surgery this year, so he should be. Um, really and I hope MacArthur. There's a lot of there's a lot of hope for him. Yeah, uh, but when he th- he threw a lot of midweek games this year, and got banged around really good. So I mean, I don't. Yeah, well, he pitched the Sunday game against Texas A and M and won the game at one of the toughest places to play in the league against the best lineup, in my opinion, in college baseball this past season. Uh, and then. Um, pitched against Vanderbilt and gave up like ten runs. So I don't, I don't know what, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get from him. But you know, another year, and especially a summer where we're gonna, maybe he can go play some summer ball somewhere. Yeah. That that'll, that'll get him lined up. But um, I mean, you mentioned they lose Bramlett, who was kind of like their uh, their rock in their rotation. He was like the steady, mm-hmm. the steady hand out of the rotation for them. Um, and you know, it's 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 going to be an uphill climb for all three. Now you're talking about losing Woodman and Robinson um, for. Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, Robinson was basically the face of the program, so it's going to be a completely different program yeah. for Ole Miss. So the Miss was Dakota Hudson for Mississippi State. Yeah, so. Hudson is leaving. They got to replace uh, Lowe, who was the first uh, first baseman. 
uh, who was really, really good this year, among others. Southern Miss going to have to replace Tim Lynch, who was a, a senior. Um, Chucky Robinson, who was a senior behind the plate, who was really good. Uh, Robinson improved his hitting so much coming into his senior season and uh, always was a good receiver, uh, was good at keeping runners at bay, good at calling games. Uh, but his improvement at the plate uh, really, really helped them out this year. And then, um, I mean, as I mentioned, Lynch. Uh, Lynch was All-American over there at first base for Southern Miss. And I uh, got to replace him, too, among others. Uh, we mentioned uh, McCarty leaving their rotation as well. So a lot of... A lot of faces that are going to be they're going to have to be replaced in all three of those teams, but all three of those teams recruit well, they develop well, and um, you know this is they don't rebuild; they all kind of reload. I mean, I don't yeah. mean to sound braggadocious about it, but hey, man. none of those those three teams they're they're never terrible anymore. I, they I, never have bad seasons. I fifty five highway or uh, I guess highway six, highway forty nine, highway eighty two. It's like Tobacco Road right around here, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's our own version. We'll get uh, Belton Johnson coming up next, Jay. We'll talk about the opener tonight, Ticats and the Toronto Argonauts. Ticats have a lot of Mississippi flavor in the front office, coaching staff, on the field, everything. So we'll get all of, uh, all of it from Belton Johnson coming up next on MPB's Season Pass. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. MPB Think Radio welcomes a brand new Sunday lineup. The new fan favorite, Backstory with the American History Guys, moves to noon to bring historical perspectives to today's events. At 1, Reveal uses investigative journalism to empower the public about tough issues in our society. Then the moth takes over at 2 and celebrates the art and craft of live storytelling. Catch the new Sunday lineup beginning July 3rd on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass with Jay White and Sam Wells. Wrap it in maroon and white. Touchdown, Ole Miss! This one belongs to the Golden Eagles. Got a show idea? Email us. Sports at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. It's MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio with Jay White. I'm Sam Wells. We're talking a little Canadian football now with Belton Johnson. Belton is uh, – well, Belton, you're still working on the green zone up there in Saskatchewan? Yeah, I still do the radio up here for uh, the Rough Riders and, you know, all of the CFL. So I get to watch a whole lot of football. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you get to watch football in June, and that's uh, what's, what is so great about the CFL is that it's uh, – the opening night is tonight, so it's June 23rd. The first game of the season is uh, the tie, the uh, Hamilton Ticats against uh, – they'll be at – uh, Toronto and your team, Belton, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will kick off next week as there are nine teams now in the uh, in the CFL, so they'll play Toronto next week. So you'll get a little preview tonight uh, of the uh, Saskatchewan opponent for next week. That is correct, and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, even as a player and everything, I've always hated the preseason, and you know, I I feel for those guys and. But, you know, that's preseason is to evaluate 
you know, and get your roster set and everything. So glad preseason is done and over with. And you're right, tonight's uh, opening night. And I told my wife, go ahead and leave the house if you like. I will be watching football from <laughs> 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock tonight. So. Oh, man. Well, so many different rules in the uh, in the CFL. But uh, we, we got you on here to talk about some Mississippi flavor in this uh, Canadian Football League. Of course, the uh, head coach of the Hamilton Ticats is Kent Austin, who was an offensive coordinator uh, with Houston Nutt. And a long time ago, a signal caller, a quarterback for Ole Miss in the, uh, in the early 80s. But uh, who... Uh, on the uh, in the game tonight, uh, uh, Hamilton against uh, Toronto. Should some uh, should folks in Mississippi be watching out for who uh, have some Mississippi connections? Well, I'm gonna go with Jeremiah Masoli. Uh, he's actually the starting quarterback tonight for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, their the previous quarterback uh, Zach Kolaris, He uh, he got hurt near the end of last season. I believe it was an ACL or something. So. You know that kind of lingered over into this year, and Mazzoli, he's he's uh, earned the right to be the starter. He did, he played very well during the playoff stretch run there for the Ticats, and you know I just look for him to build off of that. And you know uh, whenever those guys are in town, or you know they'll play the Rough Riders uh, later on this season. I always have the guys over anybody that has you know a Mississippi connection or. You know, I, I try to reach out to those guys and, you know, cook up a home-cooked meal for them, barbecue. <laughs> oh, man. A little Southern hospitality up north. Hey, let, let me ask you about Masola. You know, one of the one of the raps on him going pro was that he was too short. And I know that's, a, that's the thing that a lot of, you know, really successful college quarterbacks that obviously know how to play the game, that's one of the raps is if you're too short then uh, the NFL's not even going to take a look at you. I mean, but obviously, as you mentioned, I mean, he's come, he's come into the CFL and, uh, you know, players know how to make plays, and he's, he's obviously not having trouble with it there. Does, does, does the spacing of the CFL make a difference uh, in that, you know, shorter quarterbacks can, can succeed? I, you know, I, I really think that, uh, you know, just the field is so much bigger up here. Uh, I believe it's about 120 yards long and probably about, 65 yards wide and uh I think it it makes great for those guys uh smaller quarterbacks and you know Mazzola he's a a running threat as well so I mean the kid could get out and open and shake somebody and I've seen him run some guys over from you know last year and everything and I think he's kind of coming into his own a little bit he started off uh, I believe with Edmonton Eskimos a couple years back I uh, believe he's been in the CFL now maybe three, four years. And, I mean, he's – I just like to see the progression. And, again, from where he left off last year, he was playing very well. I thought, like, this kid is going to be a star up here. And, uh, you know, again, I just want to see him continue to progress and, you know, make those big plays that he's used to making. And the kid can throw the ball as well. Uh, I didn't see him play too much – down at uh, Ole Miss, but you know, once he got up here, and I knew he, play, I was knew he was from uh, Ole Miss. I just started kind of keying in on him, and he's a uh, he could be a star if he sticks with it, and he has the same system. I believe he would have been around when Austin may have been at Ole Miss, so I'm sure Austin and Tillman and all those guys knew the type of player he was, and that's why they went after him in free agency.
Yeah, he had Ole Miss uh, third in the SEC in offense, uh, the one season in 2010 that he was there. Uh, Belt, not too much time left, about a minute to go here. Uh, we, we ran a little bit behind. Emmanuel Arsenault, a big star for the BC Lions. BC won the, goal, the Grey Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, talk about him and uh, and give us some other guys to look for uh, throughout the 2016 season that, uh, that are from Mississippi. Okay, uh, and Manny, uh, we call him Manny up here, Manny Arsenault. And, uh, from Alcorn. Yeah. That again. Yeah, from Alcorn, that's right. And, uh, I mean, he is, uh, if I had to compare, he would be the um, Dez Bryant or Antonio Brown of the CFL up here. And he is a big target, and the kid could catch and run. I uh, saw him in some preseason action of playing against the Riders, and he looked like he's in midseason form already. And uh, some of the other guys you could probably watch for are Marcel Young, uh, he is a defensive back for the Edmonton Eskimos. They won the Grey Cup last year. And he's uh, from Jackson, Mississippi. There, I believe he started off at Mississippi State and may have transferred to Jackson State. Uh, you got Ted Laurent, uh, Ole Miss product. He is an absolute animal, and he got paid some big money this uh, <laughs> free agency last year. And I was trying to swing him to come to Saskatchewan in a – I said, hey, I'll cook some barbecue, whatever you want. Just get over here. But he likes it out east there. Uh, it's a big city, you know, Toronto, Hamilton area, Buffalo, New York. was right in there. And another guy, the Riders uh, signed uh, Justin Cox, uh, played at Mississippi State. Uh, he's on. The, he made the team this year. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, catching up with him at some point in the season. I don't care if he did play for State. <laughs> you know, it's just the fact that, some Mississippi blood is up here, and my truck has Ole Miss. I have a my tag says Ole Miss, so I'm hoping to be driving around town, and he's like Ole Miss, and pull up beside me or something. There you go, there you go. Well, that you know, we're looking very much forward to it. The season kicks off tonight, and uh, we hope to talk to you again uh, after some of these guys continue to excel and uh, and thrive in the Canadian Football League. We really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate it, and I uh, just want to. Hotty <laughs> There you go. Hotty toddy from the Great White North. We appreciate it. That's it for us today. For Sam Wells, I'm Jay White. You've been listening to MPB Season Pass. So the Remedy Kids and Teens is next on Think Radio.